today on In the Closet, we have Michael Schultz. Right. I would say he's a guest, but I mean, he's not. He's on here all the time. All the time. He's but a regular. He is a regular, but he's feeling a little bit under the weather because he has the Rona. He does. So he's at home and we're doing it by phone, which is the first time doing it with our new equipment. So we're excited to have Michael join us via telephone. So when we kick it off here and we're just talking about COVID, don't worry. We're going to get into it. Yes. All right, here we go. But the most disconcerting thing is I've lost all sense of taste and smell. Oh, no. Yeah. That's bad the... for bourbon night. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that yeah. sucks. And actually, right before you called, I was researching how long, what the latest data is and studies are as to how long this lasts. What'd you and, find out? You know, it's all, it's all a matter of <clears throat> percentages. Yeah. Usually, for the majority of people, it comes back within 21 days. Right. And for up over 75%, it comes back within 30 days. That's crazy. That's um, a lot of days. That's a lot of days, and it's also, a, you know, and not insubstantial number of people for whom it is longer than right my brother had it and he did not lose his sense of taste but he lost his sense of smell and i didn't ask him if he how long it took to get him to get it back and then i had a friend whose son lost both and he got a smell back before his taste and his taste came back like slowly like he started being able to taste certain things like ranch and like it just slowly came back like that. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. So I think I it's probably different for everybody. What I think I I lost it Thursday. Oh, man. I had that happen to me once. I lost my sense of taste for no reason. It was way before the Rona. It was like that. You had the Rona way before the I Rona had it had first. No. Existed. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I had. It was back when we lived in Atlanta. And, like, we don't know what happened. And, like, they were getting ready to do, like, brain scans and stuff. Because, like, I totally could not. T- like, I hate pickles. And we were just, just feeding her te- stuff. Yeah, just to test it. I, like, took a bite of a pickle. And I'm like, I taste nothing. So I kind of know how you feel. And it does kind of stink. But. The tasting part. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, and Jeff, I talked to you on Friday, right? Yes. Look, the last 40 hours have been a little bit of a blur. They're probably um, running together, I would say. Well, yeah. Because if you remember, I got both the rapid and the regular test. Right. And the regular test did come back yesterday positive. Yeah. Which was not a surprise. Right. But I went ahead and I did, for the first time ever, I did the Kroger Click It yeah. program, yeah. you know, the pickup. So, you know, I got $100 worth of groceries. Oh, that's nice. That easy. are more or less useless to me. Oh, right, because you can't taste it. It all tastes like cardboard. You have to just eat it just that's to awful. feed yourself, right? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I, I have to just force myself to feed myself because like i can vaguely feel hungry right and i'm like i need to i need to not not eat right so i'll eat even though it's like okay i can tell this is crunchy right 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 beyond that i had pop tarts this morning it's like yeah this is i am eating cardboard yes that's awful to eat a pop tart and not enjoy it (laughs) right well and then i then i was eating some I had some uh, French onion dip 
with some mm-hmm. rosemary and <clears throat> sea salts triscuits, mm-hmm. which is pretty pungent. Right. Nothing. Wow. I know. <laughs> like, okay. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. And Jeff, to your point, obviously I'm not drinking any alcohol, number one, because I shouldn't want him sick. Right. But also, what a freaking waste of money. It would be a waste of money. That's the truth. Seriously. I mean, even like some the... delicious bourbon and expensive <clears throat> bourbon. Forget to being delicious. Expensive bourbon and like you can't, can't, can't enjoy it at all. Well, he get drunk quick. Get some, I could probably go get some you know, $10 a bottle of bourbon at this point and go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is tolerable. It did give you the same result. Just probably eat your insides. Right. Exactly. What if the next, what if the next conspiracy theory, Jeff, what if the next virus that they release to the public, the government releases to the public, <laughs> makes you not be able to feel your genitals? Oh, that would be terrible. Okay, that presupposes a first virus that has been released into the <laughs> wild by the government. Remember, I need to point that out. Well, I guess you caught that part of it. Oh, goodness. I'm just, I'm, That's a I'm, whole I'm, other I'm kidding, podcast but it's fun that to talk about. Angie's not involved in because I have my own theories. But, yeah. but what are we here for? We are here to talk about the, the naked people in front of the kids. Right. Is that so that was like how many podcasts ago was that that we did we three okay so are you three? I think I, I put up. Are you serious? I, I think I put up two after that. Oh, I just no. put up one today though, so and just anticipating a sneeze. I thought I was going to sneeze, but it's gone. Um. Okay. So the the the, the television show and what did I say? The ne- Netherlands is that what I said? Netherlands. I don't have Wells, it. I don't something somewhere. Anyway, and it, it was Europe. I wish we should have sent Michael the video to watch. Oh, I should have. Because it, it hit me different after I watched. What do you mean it hit you different? It hit me different watching these weird, old, ugly people that are nastily naked walking in and derobing in front of a room full of children. Okay, so three three episodes ago, we talked about this show that was released. I, believe, don't, I, I might be wrong, but in the Netherlands, somewhere like that, where there's kids sitting in the audience. It's a television show. And there's actually a host. And the kids, which are, I would say, 10 to maybe 12 years old, um, sitting in the audience, and six or seven adults, male and females, come in. They're kind of up on a stage, and simultaneously, they drop their robes. And it's to try to promote body image and to show these kids that, you know, all bodies are different and let them ask any questions that they want, but it, but no sexual questions, of course, they say. So, Jeff and I were talking about how Which we, is unfair. we were a little bit taken back by it almost like I would never allow my child to be in a situation like that but there are people who commented underneath this video that it's just different there and these kids are used to that so anyway if go back a couple episodes if you're listening to this now and um, listen to that one first and then listen to this one but anyway Michael who is on this podcast all the time mainly with Jeff said he had a different take on it than we did. So we thought we would get him up here on the phone since he's not what he's should not. He's quarantined. Right. So I'm isolated. Actually, you're isolated. It's so crazy. Isn't he's it? Isolated. Like we could come to your parking lot and you come out on your patio or your <laughs> balcony and we could speak to you. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was kind of 
thinking about going on under my balcony and singing like they were doing in yes. Spain and Italy last spring. And oh, that's right. Summer. And then all of a sudden it just hit me like a thunderbolt. I can't sing. Oh, well. So, you know, I that, thought that might not be so good. You, yeah, your neighbors might not want you to serenade them as they go to work in the mornings. but Exactly. So what is your take on the show? We just gave the preface and you know about it. Yeah, and not only did I... Uh, Listened to the episode, but I also went and I, I read an article about the show. And, oh, you did? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And I think when I first was in communication to you about this subject, I told you that I had always felt like I was more European in attitude towards sex and sexuality. Right. Right. Which... That's the way I describe it, whether you want to say I'm liberal, progressive, uninhibited. I don't know. I certainly have boundaries. Yeah. Um, but in terms of teaching young people, teaching children above a certain age, age appropriate about sex and sexuality, I think that the Europeans generally get it right. Okay. And the gen and the the European mental mentality about sex and sexuality are far less, I'm just going to call it repressive mm -hmm. than the typical American view towards sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I, I attribute that. I attribute that. And you guys know, I'm kind of have a history background. I attribute that to our pure, our being American society's puritanical and Protestant roots as a country going all the way back to Mather Cotton right. in, the, in Massachusetts back in the 1600s. Um, we have always, always, as a society, been far more repressive when it comes to sex and sexuality than Europeans. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. Which I, I would say I'm on that side, too, more. The European side. It, I think right. it's better, just like their Correct. their alcohol stance. You know, they're Correct. And this is... They're able to handle it a little it, bit better because they're introduced so to you, it. And so you go to this Dutch television show, and one of the quotes that I saw actually came from a Danish parenting expert. Mm-hmm. Because believe it or not, there was a uh, there was also a show similar to this in Denmark, believe oh, okay. it or not, before mm -hmm. the Netherlands. And and a parenting expert in in Denmark, Sophie Munster, said, and this is the quote: Danish parenting generally favors exposing children rather than shielding them. Right. And you know that's a societal construct or societal attitude towards parenting that I actually agree with but it is increasingly I think not happening in the United States oh no I mean and I think what's what's increasingly happening I think in the in this country is and this is why I don't have a problem to share number one the parents of those children are making a parental choice. They know what's happening. Right. So they are making a choice with their, for their children. 
Number two, I think that, and this is a, admittedly a guess, but my guess is that the parents are talking to their children about their experiences before mm -hmm. and after going on the show. So I'm in favor of exposing children if you talk to them engage in, and engage them about things. Right. Right. Rather than shield them from them and pretend babies come from storks. Right. Well, they're the getting biggest, it from Pornhub. Well, and that's the biggest problem, I think, in our country is children are getting exposed to things, but there's no discussion about them from parents right. or any sort of adult I figure. Totally and it's not reality. 100% agree with you on that. Like, I mean, you know, we, of course, we, we're open with our kids. We talk to our kids. I mean, you know, I'm not open. Like I said on that previous podcast, I... I'm not open myself into walking around the house barely clothed. I wouldn't even walk around my house in a t-shirt, like an only t-shirt, even though, even if it comes down past my butt, because I have a son, like I just wouldn't, you know what I mean? I'm just, I, that's just me. Right. And it's not because I, you're not European. I think that a human body, I'm not trying to inhibit my children. That's just me as like a comfort level. My my daughters, they walk around like that, and I don't really stop them necessarily unless we're having a guest, you know, because it's just the family in the house. But me, myself, I have always been more of a modest person. You know what I'm saying? But we but we talk to – I mean, we're, we're very open as well. But would I be comfortable with my kids going to a show like that? No, I'm just not – I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't. But I think it's because we're raised – our society is just, like you just said, it's just different. We're now, if a we, different. if yeah, if we lived there, it, would I have a different stance on it? I don't know because I can't. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that mentality. Does that make sense? Yeah, you you were born in the United States and you were raised the way that you were raised. And look, right. child rearing in the United States is different than child rearing in the Netherlands, in mm -hmm. Germany, mm -hmm. in Great Britain, and in every other European country. Right. Which I, is different than child rearing in China. The, Russia or Brazil. I would be curious to see, like, I don't know, maybe you know this and maybe Jeff knows this. I don't know. I don't know much about this kind of thing, but wonder what the discipline practices are in Europe or something or in a, you know what I'm saying? You know, we, we right. know that, you know, here I feel like in America, it's, it's, it's split down the middle. You either spank your kids or you don't, you're, you're either an abuser if you spank them or you have people on the other side being like, yeah. Let them have it because, you know what I mean? But my point is, not to debate that issue, but my point is, are even discipline styles different there? Hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. All I know is, uh, I think that, and you, could, you, Michael, you may know a little bit better, but just like the Netherlands, Amsterdam, they're very loose, which I, I agree with. I think it... it creates a much better atmosphere where they have, you know, a lot of things are legal, most everything. Uh, and it seems like they have less, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but they have less crime. They have less issues. I think they do. Than we, I mean, because they're not as repressive. Um, and they let people be adults. You know, you are correct about Amsterdam. I mean, the red light district in Amsterdam, and I have not been, but I ha I've known a few people who have gone and I've read about it. The red light district in Amsterdam is just that. Prostitution is legal. Drug use is legal. 
and there is more of a, an emphasis on treatment and safe use. Safe use, yeah. Than, than prohibition, and certainly there's there's no criminal prosecution of those who who possess or, or use drugs. Right. And so, is there drug addiction? Absolutely, but it's contained. It's contained and it's treated. Like like alcoholism here, where where alcohol, you know, there's a prohibition and they broke it, and it's illegal, obviously. But correct. But we still have alcohol. It's horrible. It can be horrible if you don't handle it. It can it right. be horrible. Correct. Right. Just like marijuana, I guess, can be horrible. I guess if if you you know anything can be. But, like you said, I think that's the key is that it's so the whole, contained. So the whole point of some of these people with these comments is that these children, it, it's really nothing new necessarily for them to see this. So my point, is, or not my point, but my question is, you know, then why, then why do we need to do the show? If they're used to seeing people walk around kind of nude or, or very, very scantily dressed or whatever, however you want to put it, then what's the point of, like, what are we really doing here? Like, if if their parents are so open, then what are we doing? If their parents are so open to talking to them, then why do we need to have strangers take their clothes off in front of them? Twofold. Uh, I think think the answer is twofold. Number one, you know, just because attitudes are more lax in, say, Denmark or the Netherlands doesn't mean that children... A very large percentage of children or even gross number of children are going to nude beaches. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I, I don't know, but I would be a little surprised if the the weather in Denmark or Netherlands supported a nude beach yeah, for a very a true. long period of time. I, don't know. I know they are in the, the southern part of the continent in Spain and, and France and mm-hmm. whatnot, but I'm not, or Italy, I, I'm not so sure about Denmark and the Netherlands. So that's number number one. And number two, while your parents may be open and progressive, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the child is necessarily relaxed enough to ask questions. To their parents, yeah. That a child true. might want to ask. What is it? Something about Mary? Was it something about Mary? I don't know. One of the something about Mary movies where uh, one of them had parents who were like super open and made their adult child super uncomfortable. I don't remember. But, you know, you can, you can have very open progressive parents, but that doesn't mean a child is necessarily comfortable asking things like, all right, does that hurt your stomach hanging down like that? Does that hurt? Right. When you read that article, did it give any examples of questions that these kids were asking? It did not. I'm curious, like, what they were asking. It did not. It did not. And I'm sure that it was initially awkward. Right. Uh, But, you know, I think back to you guys. Did you guys have sex education in school growing up? Yeah. I had a sex education class in a Catholic school in Wisconsin. Oh, boy. Growing up, and I, I got to tell you, pretty weak. 
two things. Number one, it was really weak. <laughs> like really weak. <laughs> and number two, the questions that were being put on the cards by my classmates mm-hmm. so outstripped the knowledge of the the person who was teaching the course. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that wow. Makes sense. <laughs> and after a bit, it was like, okay, I have a feeling these questions are being asked to, in essence, embarrass this person. Right. Oh, that is Which so isn't funny. cool, but... No, but it's normal for that still, age. you know, I need... Uh, and I joke about it, but I got a lot of my sex education, believe it or not, growing up, reading Penthouse... I'm sorry, reading Playboy, The Advisor. You read the articles? Yes. <laughs> I know. You didn't look at the pictures at all, did you? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. I looked at the pictures. Are you kidding me? I'm just kidding. But nonetheless, I found the, the article, especially The Advisor, mm-hmm. right. which was a, an, a, a weekly or a, every issue. It, it had advice and it was very fact oriented. Think yeah. Dr. Drew. Right. Right. You know, it was just, it was like, you know, we're going to strip away. We're not, it's not going to be titillating. Right. Uh, it's just, we're going to tell you the facts. And I, I was a regular. Wow. Through okay. high school and college. All right. And uh, yeah, it was, that's where I got it. That's not a great scenario, guys. Right, 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 right. Right. At all. Yeah. I don't know. I think I got most of mine just from for me word of mouth. You know what I mean? Like what our friends were talking about, whatever. It is. I mean, I really honestly do. And I just like figured it out on my own. Yeah. Hey, Ange, if you got all your sex education from Jeff, some men last longer than 32 <laughs> seconds. I'm just saying. Hey, that's the first round. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny! Oh, don't don't <laughs> tell her things like that. Um, oh my yeah. gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> my Whatever, bad. whatever. No, but I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still like my view of this is still kind of skewed. I don't know. I'm like down the middle. I'm not like like my first reaction, like I said in the other podcast, was like, oh my god. You know, did I think these people were pedophiles or, or doing anything illegal? No. Did I think it was like abuse? Like some people were like, this is downright abuse. No, no. I don't. But I, I, I also, because I, I, I do, I, I do uh, keep in mind that it is a different country. That there's different practices like we just talked about. But at the same time, like we just said, we were brought up here. And it's just for me, I don't like it. Like I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't let my kids watch it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any part of it. You know what I mean? I'm just like it's to me. It's just too much. What it's if they? Much. What if someone was like, "Hey, you want to be much. on a TV show? Want to be on a TV show?" And you're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay, strip down. You're going out in front of some right." Kids That's what we said in our yeah. I know. I mean, and then even the host that had to like audition for. I'm not going to host that. That would make me so uncomfortable. But that's just me, Angie. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So I'm not trying to judge anybody or, or anything like that. But I'm just telling you from from my perspective, it's unnecessary, and there's other ways that you could go about it. But that's just you know the only time I stripped publicly actually I was in college. Did I tell you guys this story? Did I you go streaking? College. Did you go streaking? No, <laughs> I did not. But my my girlfriend at the time I was a senior in college. My girlfriend was an art student, and so uh, they needed a model for a drawing class. Oh my gosh! Did you? I did. <gasps> oh wow! Did you have to stand? Did you sit? Were you relaxed? Like t- what in the world? I was. I stood. It was a three-hour class. What? Good Lord. 
And so I had to stand for 55 minutes. Then I had five minutes off, 55 minutes, five minutes, and then 55 minutes. Oh my gosh. Guess what? Standing still for 55 minutes is really freaking hard. Yeah, it is. So every time you In look clothes. at a painting, right. But anytime you see a, a portrait, a painting from like the Middle Ages or the Renaissance, that's a an actual portrait. Mm-hmm have a new appreciation for the subjects because no that's doubt. what they did. Like, they would, they would sit there for hours upon hours and sometimes have to come back many days for that. So that's number one. Number two, I got paid a hundred bucks, which that's a lot, yeah. oh, yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. It was a lot of money. Um, beer money. And you were totally naked. I was naked as a jaybird. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my girlfriend said at first she was, like excited about it but the moment i took the robe off and i was in front of like the whole class in the round by the way oh wow oh my gosh she decided it wasn't a good idea but it was too late by then oh yeah you're already <laughs> derobed and of course what's your biggest fear what what if you're oh the, what's your biggest oh, Jeff, fear I'm sorry what's my biggest fear if you were what in that would position be the biggest fear of a male shrinkage standing in front of a, no, your biggest fear is getting hard. Oh, oh well, yeah, that, yeah. That, that could be a problem. Yeah, that. Okay, so, so shall I ask? Did I that happen? That, I don't know. Hard would it be did not happen, oh. and you know how I prevented it from happening? Because you from, and you're going to laugh at this, knowing you guys knowing me and what a nerd I am. <laughs> the moment I took the robe off, I started on September first, nineteen thirty-nine. And for the next three hours, I slow played World War II in my mind. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> From the Nazi invasion of Poland on September 1st, 1939, all the way to the second uh, bomb on oh, Nagasaki. Oh, my gosh. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that'll do it. I mean, my mind was not there. Oh, my gosh. I didn't that's see so funny. anybody. I didn't see anything. I was just living World War II in my mind. Isn't that funny? That is yes, hilarious. That is great. It's very but brave. I was, n- I was not going to get hard. I I have never had my clothes off in front of a group of people before, except for when I had babies. Define group. <laughs> like, well, yeah, right. You know, you know what I mean. Right. Like, you know, more than just obviously. If you're going to have like a whole group of people, like uh, meaning. Plus. No, like I'm talking, like Michael just did. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I haven't had my clothes off in any situations like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've I've given birth, and there was quite a few people in the room. You know, but other than that, and before that, I was super modest. And after you have birth, I you know I'm a little bit less modest. Like I don't, but I would have so much anxiety even just going to the gynecologist. But now I'm like, ah, it's no big deal. But you know what I'm saying? Like I've right. never, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I don't know if you heard in that podcast, Michael, but like, and that's, this is the truth. And it's still to this day. I do not change clothes in front of even like my dog. Like I'm super modest. Like, I gotta tell you, that surprised me. If the girls were home and they were all hanging out in my room and I needed to put on like a different outfit or different clothes, I would make them turn their heads. I feel so special. And not because I think it's wrong or, but, but because my girls aren't like that. So it's, I, I, I at least was enough to like had enough sense to teach them that this is just me and I'm a weird person um, because they don't, they're not like that. They'll change in front. I mean, they they'll change right in front of me and I'm not weirded out by it. Like I'm not like, Oh, girls don't change in front of me. I'm not like that, but I just can't for me. 
and I don't know where that came from. Probably my bringing right. up. Um, Probably, but well, you will in front of me. Because my girls are super, like, not modest. You walk around our bathroom. No, I mean, I will in front of you, but I'm just saying, anybody other than you, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to y- just yeah, be like, yeah, oh, the hey. dogs, anybody. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's I crazy. can't. The dogs are just, it creeps me out. I don't want a dog, like, looking at me and, like, I don't know. Sorry. Anyway. Well, in the... You know, I'm the opposite in that I have two daughters who are, I would say, more conservative than me when it comes to sexual sexuality. Uh-huh. Now, when it comes to their own sexual sexuality and showing it, right? That's that's what I mean because when it comes to, you know, yeah, LBGQ, I mean, they are as progressive as progressive can be, right? Right. But for them, their own selves, I mean, they they wear decently modest clothes right. by today's standards yeah and uh I, I think i'm a probably a little bit more european in attitude than they are which yeah. is fine right they've made they've it's it's like parenting you right you do the best that you can you you conscientiously do your absolute best which there's way too many parents who don't Oh, but sure. you conscientiously do the best job that you can, instill in them a moral and ethical compass, and let them make their own choices. Oh, absolutely! I totally agree so. with that, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. It's just funny how I don't know. It's just funny how my kids are just so different and th- and like that than I guess than I am. I don't know, as far as the modesty goes. You know, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, but you are you are involved parents. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. I remember what I said, the, the biggest, it seems, seems to me the, the biggest portion of kids today are growing up being exposed to this stuff mm-hmm. without anybody to talk to about it. Right. Without anyone saying, look, por- pornography, mm-hmm. yeah, it can be fun, but that's not real human no. connection. That's not actual intimacy. No, not at all. That's not how it's supposed to be in a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. No. Or with a girl that you like. Right. That's not, I mean, instead they're just exposed to pornography. Right. Right. And then guys think that girls are supposed to be doing that and treat them as such, and it's not really necessarily, you know what I mean? That's and girls think that they're supposed to act certain ways. Exactly. 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 And just like we did that podcast a long time ago, Princesses and Porn or whatever we called it, it touched on that. And then how girls grow up watching, you know, you know, these romance movies and even these like princess movies and stuff and see they're, you know, they're, these ladies are being treated like royalty and like princesses. The and, men and don't ever need it's anything. It's all romantic and everything. And that's how they think a relationship is. And when it's not like that, they're like, Ugh, you know, and, and it's not like that. You know, it, 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 not the way these movies and these, you know, princess movies portray it. They well, prince charming and, you know, there's just, it just doesn't happen. Think, of, think about Snow White and some of the old Disney movies mm-hmm. and then compare it to Beauty and the Beast. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. Gaston is like the stereotypical, prototypical, although he's a foil of the male. Right. And Belle's like, go away. Right. You're an idiot. Right, go away. right, right. So, you know, I think we as a society have become increasingly sensitive to portrayals in, in movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I just think that a lot of girls these days think that a guy's just going to come in and sweep them off their feet and it's just going to be so romantic, all that. You know what I'm saying? 
And so it makes and they're not going to expect it, anything of you. And it's, right. It's, it's all just, about you. And it's so it's so warped. And in the same way with, you know, with the guys like Michael just said and, and watching the porn. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's women. just a yeah. different, different. It's angle. awful. It's awful. So maybe maybe the Europeans have it right. Maybe, well, maybe I mean, I think like it's that. being open and having conversations like these, even with your children, like we have. That, right. You know. Yeah. It, it, that's it the that's the most important thing. You got to have the conversations. Yeah. Well, we have one. Um, one of our and daughter- that's where being repressed. That's by the way, where being repressed is bad. If you are so repressed that you won't have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I would have never spoken to my parents about this stuff. I wouldn't have spoken to mine either. Never would have. I would never have spoken to my my parents. Isn't that funny? Which is why I learned so much from Playboy Advisor. Right, I guess I understand that. But yeah, oh yeah, I would have never like. I don't even know. I'm trying to think. I I don't think my mom ever talked to me about this. I remember pushing my dad. I was in a mood one day, and I was older, and I knew I knew what I needed to know, and I was even too old to ask him in this way, but I did. I kept saying one day, I was like, "When are you gonna tell me about the birds and the beads, Dad?" When you go to, and he and he just looked at me. He goes, "You know what it is." That's, that's the talk. That's the talk you he had. S- he basically said, "You know what it is." That's enough. You know, like he he was <laughs> he was like <laughs> he was like you wouldn't be asking me if you didn't know what it was. So that that, that was it. That's the extent of the conversation. <laughs> I mean, no offense, to your dad, but it's terrible. Yeah, it is. Right, right, and it's dad, just it's, uh, it's. I know what it is, even though I'm telling you it's birds and the bees when it has nothing to do with the birds and the bees. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> he just knew I knew what sex was, but that's not what sex is. And and what I thought it was at twelve, you know, that's not what sex is. Right. And that's the, and I, and it's just from his his upbringing, pushed down through the church mm-hmm. and the way it, we viewed it, I, the way well, I was sure, taught. Yeah. The way we looked at sex, it just uh, it creates a lot of issues, and I think that's why we have a lot of issues in the churches. It's a whole other uh, podcast. Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. Considering that I would, I continue to consider myself practicing Catholic, and I was raised Catholic in Catholic schools. Uh, I'm sure that if there were Catholics who would listen to me, they'd say, "No, you're not Catholic." Which my response is mm-hmm. okay. Right. You <laughs> well, you don't get to choose that. Well, that's right. And that's the same thing with Jeff and I. I mean, they would probably say they would not. say we aren't Christians. Well, you know they'd what I probably mean? say the the no. word would be you've backslidden. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, we've backslidden. Would be what? That you've backslidden. Have you heard that term? Backslid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that you've backslidden. That's you need what to they come back, say. and you need to you know rededicate your life and clean up the filth. Probably. probably. Yeah. That's what they would say. Uh, if the, I, you know, I hear things like that and it just makes me cringe. Me too. I know. It just makes me cringe. And unfortunately, in the last year and a half, we've heard too much of that. Right. Uh, totally but that's, an, again, that's another podcast and we can. That's a, re- uh, that's a religion yeah. podcast that you and Jeff can, you guys can I would love to. I love to talk about that stuff. I don't stuff. like talking about that stuff because it makes me too, it just upsets me too much because people yeah. are just, I don't know, they're just, they annoy We will me. do that. We will do that when I can actually taste the bourbon. And I know. God, it better be, I feel like we need to make one of those, um, you know, those little ring, like those little, um, what am I trying to say? 
um, construction paper. You make a ring chain and like you pull it off until you get to Christmas. <laughs> I feel like we need to make like a 21 day chain and like like tear them off and then at the end say, okay, now Michael, can you taste Michael's anything? Michael's only got three days left. <laughs> don't drink the bourbon. We don't oh taste gosh. something else before you That's waste terrible. bourbon. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, last night was not the same. I was like mate, down there, you know, by myself making my uh, making my old fashioned. I was like, this just didn't right. He made like simple I'm syrup and Michael. everything. Yeah, I, I, you took a gorgeous picture of it. I know. Wasn't that a good picture? It was a very good picture. I know. I was, I was uh, like, that's nice. I used that rye, and it was really good. And then I made another one just for fun with uh, gentleman's jack, and that was really good. I told him I, I took over the uh, budgeting. And oh I, I, I just got on him, and I was like, uh, your bourbon habit uh, is really stretching our budget there, buddy. Nice habit. Yeah. I'm trying to build the collection. I know you are. Michael's kind of you know, been a good influence on me in that are. area. I know. <laughs> Angie? Yes, sir? Sometimes you just got to let a man do what a man's hey, going to do. I did. I was just making a statement. He said, I need to know where we're spending the most money, and I and I had to tell him. We're spending the most money on liquor and eating out. So and one I said, of those other places, than liquor, where no, we're you did the it. Most money. <laughs> you asked me, and I told you because it's true. It is. I didn't uh, well, tell him yeah, to stop. I, I didn't tell him to stop. I mean, I carry on, but you asked me the question. It's true. And you know what the absolute worst is? What the liquor while you're eating out? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. Dear Lord, can, yes. You could. You could spend money on three drinks, and have three a mixed cocktails, three old right. fashions, right. for instance, Jeff, and you could get a bottle of Gentleman Jack for what you spend. Absolutely. Easily. But there's something Probably about a going out bourbon. to eat I need to have a beverage with it. Yeah, but I can just drink a beer when I'm out. That's not too bad. Well, that's true. But yeah, the old fashions. Yeah, I, I, I watch that because I'm like you, Jeff, in that I could just as easily have a bourbon or a bourbon-based drink out even though it's so expensive, or I could just say, Angie's having a wine, glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine, or a beer, and it's right. like one, one third the cost. Right. One yeah. half to one third the cost, right. depending upon what I get. Right. Uh, we yeah. Just when I go somewhere nice, I usually do have to have some bourbon drink, if it's a nice restaurant. Yeah, but sure. if we're just going out to grab pizza or... Yeah, know. we when we went to... Uh, where'd we go to do the cereal tipper challenge? Did we go to Columbus? We went to Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. We went. Remember, we went to that bourbon place, and yeah, they I sent smoked Michael a picture it. Of that they place. smoked yes. the bourbon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, this the smoked old fashioned. Yes. yes, is that sweet? It was. It was crazy. So you have to really like good, when you're somewhere yeah. like that. You have to have a special. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to go into that bourbon bar and not have a few bourbons. No heck. No. And I had to have something off their menu that I've never had. But something different. Yeah. For any of your listeners in Morgantown, the Waterfront Hotel in Morgantown. The, in the bar, they do a smoked old fashioned mm-hmm. that is divine. Oh well, mm. good to it know. Is, and yes, I picked that word for a reason. Divine. You hear, an, you hear angels singing with do the you? first sip. Yes. Oh. Well, somebody sent me a link last night of where you can buy a kit, mm-hmm. and you can get, I guess, from that company, different wood. It's expensive. I looked it up. You did look it up? Yeah, it's like a couple hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. And? Well, I mean, I just told you we're budgeting. It'll, it'll. Sm- <laughs> it's not in the just budget. Just keep the link. That goes under, yeah, well, no, I didn't. I saved it's, it. But and it's, yeah, but Your it's Your birthday is coming up. 
That's true. Jeff's birthday, birthday is coming, coming up, up, so we'll see. But when's your birthday? May twenty first. Well, I say coming up, but like. Well, you know. hold on. My birth date is May twenty first, except for to the United States government, it is May thirty first. Isn't that crazy? Somebody jacked yeah, up. I've heard this story. Yeah, yeah I've okay. heard this story. Yeah, somebody at Social Security office screwed up. I don't know when or how, but all of a sudden one I, one year I went to file my taxes and they were like, "We can't file your taxes." I was like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "The birthday's wrong." I say you celebrate both. I say you have you celebrate both birthdays. You, you have would. Two. You would. I celebrate the whole month. Nate's birthday is Thursday. He's going to be 13 on April 1st. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. April. He's going to be a teenager. He yes. is. And he's acting like one. And looking so I probably like need one. to it's have crazy. some open conversations with him. Yeah, you uh, should probably. You know, here, and you guys have experienced this, I know, uh, and certainly you experienced one very recently, certain things that nobody told you about in parenting classes. Right. And, and one of one of those for me was nobody prepared me for when my younger daughter turned 13 and I no longer had a preteen. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. It's crazy. Like, I never I even... was I was ready to I was ready to have teenagers. I got, I got that. Everyone talks about that. Right. But when your youngest turns 13 and you no longer have a preteen. Yeah. It's like. Oh shit! I That's know. a milestone in life. Nobody tells you about it, or prepares it, for you. I haven't thought about it. It's true. I I wasn't prepared to like now that you say that and I think about it. I'm like, wow, I don't have like a little kid. Well, I'm gonna have another little kid running around. I guess it's gonna come full circle by August. You know, I'll have a few months of not having anybody little, and then boom, here we go. We're starting yep. over. Even though it's you know what I mean, but uh, it's crazy. The, the other one when my younger daughter turned twenty, and I no longer had a teenager. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That was another one like, all right, nobody told me about this. Right. It's crazy. This this like this level this this further state in life. Like I I've not yeah. heard I've heard I've heard this. I've not heard, read about it. Like this is really depressing. I know. Tell me about it. I mean, I But you're going to you're going to you're going to experience one before me, which is grandparents. I know it's, I, it's unbelievable to think about like literally it's basically like April, May, June, July. I mean like three and a half. I mean, it's going to be here before we know it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, like I don't have him ready. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does it? No, it doesn't. See, for me, the, my first question of you is going to be the day after you become an actual grandparent. Mm-hmm. When you got out of bed, were there any extra like creaks, groans, aches, pains? <laughs> like just overnight, suddenly? Oh, that's too funny. It probably won't be physically for me. It would be more mentally, I feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, but it, it does, is what it is. It does take another toll on you, though. Mm-hmm. Just the stress of worry. Listen, I feel, and... like, I feel like I'm pregnant again because, you know, where she obviously has never been pregnant before and she's still on the younger side. You know, she, it, and I asked my mom a lot of questions, too. I, I called her a lot as well, but not, I don't think nearly as much as Brooke does. I mean, I hear everything, so many questions, so many. I don't know how many times a day, you know, she's texting me. Well, and she's having and this issue, too. And you couldn't text your mom. No, I couldn't text my mom. So but she could hide from you. she's having this extra issue as well that is scaring her and we have to deal with. But I told Jeff the other day, I was like, I, I, figured, I feel like I'm pregnant. Except I don't have any of the symptoms. Like, you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, but it's kind of reliving it again a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Well, and this has not been critical, but she is ensuring that you are living this vicariously. Right. Right. Again, not necessarily critical because no. as a young, as given her age, it's, it's scary. Yeah, sure. I mean, talking about <laughs> you, you lived through the preteen years when girls' bodies started to change and they mm-hmm. freaked out and mm-hmm. became monsters. Right. Monsters. Guess too. what? A few days later, or a few years later, in essence, that's what's happening again. Oh, sure. Yeah. And she's, again, not a critique, but she's very open about it with you. Mm-hmm. So you are. You're vicariously br- being brought into it. So I'm yeah. not surprised to hear that. You wouldn't have it any other way. I no, I no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's really good to have everybody so close. Yeah. So anyway, well, Michael, thanks for joining us. For although Jeff, it's going to be weird next time. I next after the baby's born, I'm going to come over and I'm going to feel bad about looking at a grandmother's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. It'll be fine. I'm, 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 it's gonna, I'm, I mean, I may need an extra shot of bourbon. Hopefully I'll taste it by then. That is going to be weird. I, I forget who commented. I'd have to go back and look. When I made the announcement, we made the announcement, somebody commented and said, so now instead of a MILF, you're going to be a GILF. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her Granny. No, do it and see what happens. Do We're going to change the company see. name to Granny Fit Co. No. We do that. No, we are not. <laughs> Just remember, Ange, you got options. You got options. <laughs> uh, I'm treading. Well, Michael, I hope you feel better. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope you feel better. And we'll, um, you know, if you can't get over here in person relatively quick, then we'll have to do another one of these over the phone. Yeah. Well, I still want to hear the haunted story. Which oh, the haunted story. Yeah, we got to do that. The Moundsville Penitentiary. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is you said that you did. Yeah, we'll we'll do that uh, soon. We need to do that one soon. Need yeah. to do that, and you also need to hear about the flight I was on from Chicago to New York City. Oh. In which I saw a UFO. Yes. Okay. We can do those two together. I feel like. Maybe. Sure. Or we can start out with one, and if we fall into the other, we do. If not, then it's a whole other podcast. Those would be. Those are. I'm interested. Oh, I want to hear those. Yeah, for sure. Maybe this week, cool. since you're stuck in. Yeah. I'm stuck in, in, in uh spoke to the health department this morning until Thursday morning. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. Yeah, maybe Tuesday No, night. 10 days. Okay. 10 days. And then you're I no longer, then you're no longer contagious? Correct. As long as I don't have a, a temperature, it's cool. 10 days. Do they CDC retest? Guidelines. Oh, no, they don't retest you because you're going to test positive for however, however many months. Correct. Yeah, so. They, what the studies have now conclusively shown is that after 10 days, while I may still test positive for the virus, mm-hmm. I don't have a, a I don't have uh, enough of it in me right. to infect another. Okay, cool. Well, then, yeah, if we don't get around and do another one on the phone, then we'll do one in person maybe next week. Cool. Look All forward right. to it. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Enjoy your evening. All right, man. Thanks. Have a good evening. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.